to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Wendy Papazian. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. Today is uh, Wendy and I's day to talk (laughs) about uh, one of my favorite topics. And Wendy and I are such a a good mix of one another, I would say. Uh, And so you're in for a treat today. We are talking about eight mistakes to avoid when closing a deal. So eight mistakes to avoid when closing a deal. Um, And so this is a very tactical episode uh, to help with sales skills, with closing skills, um, and to help improve no matter what industry you're in, no matter what business you're in, you need to have the ability to um, close and to ask for the business and handle objections and all of that. So we are going to dive into eight things uh, to avoid uh, when it comes to closing a deal. Yeah, I love that, Sarah. Well, and what's interesting is, is sales doesn't change very much. Sales techniques don't change very much. Um, I was looking at uh, Jay's, uh, I guess, article in the in his newsletter, the Twenty Percenter, this morning, which is and so he, good. And he was, by the way, did you? It's I don't know so if you good. read it today. It's it's really. I haven't read it yet. It's, well, it talks about building your database, and he quotes this. He this so it's kind of crazy, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but so he. We had this little book show up at our door from Amazon or from, I don't even know, I guess Amazon, like from the 80s. And I opened it up and it had like this cheesy cover, cheesy sales cover. And it had these little Rolodex cards on the inside that you could literally like perforate out and stick in a quote unquote Rolodex. Anyway, the whole thing, the whole, the whole thing about the 20 percenter was like how sales hasn't really changed. Like it doesn't really Mm. change. And it doesn't change from year to year. It doesn't change from industry to industry. I mean, literally the things that we're talking about today are 100% timeless, no matter what decade it is. Uh, So those of you who are listening to this podcast and I don't know, 2040, still going to apply. It's so amazing. So... (laughs) Our grandkids that are listening right now. I know. know. Well, I'm reading The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek right now. I'm I'm rereading it. So I kind of have that on my mind. Anyway, we digress. Let's get to the meat of it. Um, Okay. Mistake number one is not asking the right questions in the beginning to connect and understand someone's motivation and really their personality type. And whether you call it the DISC or... Enneagram or whatever personality type you kind of follow, it's really important to ask really good questions to answer those three things. Uh, You need to know if they're, um, like for instance, a high S on the disc, someone who needs support to make a decision. Uh, They might be a high C. Mm -hmm. What's that? Yeah, like if they like to move slower or want you to pick up the speed or so asking questions to try to identify um, who they are. As a person. Yeah. Yeah. And are they a thinker? Do they need a lot of uh, information to make a decision? Um, Do they want to, do they want you to get to the point quickly, right? Like a high quote unquote D, a driver is just going to, just going to want the information they need to make a really fast decision. And so if you don't know that before you go in and present to someone, you're at a big disadvantage. For sure. That's the biggest thing that I see, um, when we bring on new agents and we're coaching them up at Empower Home, one of the biggest things I see is not asking questions to get to their motivation, to get to their why, um, and going right into, this is what we do to get home sold. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's 
cliche, it's said a lot, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And yeah. part of caring is asking those questions um, in the beginning. So, so absolutely. Yeah. A- Selling is not, is not telling. Yes. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, so that was mistake number one. So not asking the right questions in the beginning. The mistake number two is once you have identified um, who they are, what's important to them, identify their person their personality behavior, then a big mistake that we see p- people make is not presenting to them like they want to be presented to. And so once you identify it and ask those questions, and that's why that comes first, the important thing there is to match the other person. And so it's not, sales is not about what we want or what we care about, right? It's all about solving someone else's problem and meeting them where they are. Um, And honestly, this actually applies to leadership as well. I was talking to one of my leaders Mm -hmm. um, this week and he, he kept making comments about, you know, wanting to change the other person. And I looked at him and I said, you know, part of leadership is meeting them where they are. So have you first met them where they are? Are you speaking to them the way that they can hear it, the way that they can hear it? And so um, big mistake that we see people make is not presenting um, to someone like they want to be presented to. Yeah, I love that. And this goes right along with it, which is number three, which is not matching the seller's motivation and their lifestyle and showing them how we are the best person or team for them based on that motivation. I think a lot of times in sales, we have a quote unquote sales pitch Mm -hmm. or presentation or something that we're relying on, uh, which is fantastic. That's that's fine that if you do that, but at the same time, the reason you want to memorize that presentation is so that you can be really present in the moment and adapt both your presentation and then match their motivation in the moment. And that is what's hard about sales. It's not, it's not hard to to memorize a presentation, but it's a hard, it's hard to adapt it in the moment. And um, I can remember going on a listing appointment once and um, we had, sent all the necessary paperwork ahead of time to the sweet little couple. And I got there and they had set out a card table and they'd put a little doilied like tablecloth over it. And they were both sitting behind on one side of the table and they had all of the listing paperwork printed out and signed in little stacks on this little table. And so I walked in the door and, you know, a younger me would have just, gone through my presentation anyway, but you know, at a certain point you, you understand what people are looking for. So I sat down, hello, Mr. And Mrs. Seller. It sounds like you're ready to go. It sounds like you're ready to sign the paperwork. You know, I'm looking at all this yeah. thing and, and they're like, yeah, let's go. So like I could have spent an hour with them, walking them through everything. And for sure I was answering their questions, but it just, it's just a good reminder of, Hey, they're ready to go. They didn't need to see my dog and pony yeah. show. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's one of the things that as you get good at sales, that becomes easier. The key there is like pay, like paying attention, right? Pay attention yeah. to yeah. the other party and, and look at signals, body language. Like, I mean, what do they have out in front of them? You know, cause sometimes you can out talk your way out of a sale because you you're talking instead of matching them and yeah. what they're about. I think the big thing with that too is, uh, one book that's had a big impact on me is called The Ultimate Sales Machine. And in that, it talks about um, 70, 
someone will retain 70% more if there's a visual or a way for you to like demonstrate what you're saying mm-hmm. versus just saying mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. so with that, you know, I, I tell, tell my agents, for example, um, we have like, we are big on like buyer matching. So we take a listing and then we match it to our database. And, um, you know, I say, you can say that to a client, a potential client, or you can show them, like take your phone mm-hmm. out and show the matching happening in our Slack buyer matching channel, right? Mm. And so it, it's way more um, impactful when you can show it, demonstrate it, um, and, and not just say it, not just say it. Um, mistake number four, mistake number four um, is not being prepared. Oh my goodness. Preparation leads to confidence. Preparation mm-hmm. leads to confidence. And so a big mistake that um, we see people make is not doing the prep work, not doing the practice, not doing, you know, can you imagine if our military never practiced? Like, how well will they be when it comes to wartime, right? If they don't yeah. spend time on their skills, on their skills. What are some ways um, that you guys uh, prepare so then your agents are confident? Uh, well, we script, of course. We, yep. we script, uh, if you're a new agent, you're scripting four times a week on our team. Um, and I, I think it's what, you know, I think the best example of that is, uh, I think a, a lot of times people who are quote unquote good at sales or get into sales, they're kind of good at winging it. You know, they're kind of good at communication and they're kind of yep. good at speaking in front of people and their whole life, they've been told that they're good at it. And actually, somebody who's not comfortable speaking in front of people, who practices a lot, will eventually become a hundred times better than somebody who attempts to wing it. And yeah. I've seen that with Jay, you know, over time. He's introverted and he prepares for every single. So this is a this is a guy who's said, I don't even know, thousands of speeches on the one thing. Thousands. Over the past 10 years. Yeah, thousands. Yeah. And in the smallest way, like if he's doing a 15-minute Zoom with my team on the one thing, Mm. I mean, this Mm. is a book he spent seven years writing, you know, he's been living it for 10 years. He will sit down and he will take five to 10 minutes to prepare for that 15-minute conversation with my team. It's remarkable. And he'll show up and he'll be so much better than somebody who is, you know, I hate to say it, but me. Um, who would probably yeah. have kind of winged that conversation. And so whatever industry you're in, preparation, preparation, preparation. I mean, I mean, what do you, what would you think? Like a new, a new salesperson going into prepping. I mean, it would be so many hours. Of so many hours. So yeah. many hours. I mean, I think, I think you I have it in my notes and I was actually looking for it this morning. You you said something one time that has really stuck with me. And you said, um, the purpose of scripts is so that you can actually, that you actually be, can listen. Yeah, be present in the moment. Be yeah. present in the moment. When you yeah. said that, I was like, that was the perfect description of why scripting is important. Like I had never heard mm-hmm. someone word it that way. And I'm like, that's hundred percent true. Like, how can you listen? How can you pay no, you attention can't. if you haven't script practice, if you haven't prepared? I mean, no, it's impossible. Because, because you've got this inner dialogue of like, Oh, I'm so nervous. Am I saying the right thing? I want to close the deal. I need this money. I can I yeah. do this right? And if you know what to say, and if you know how to handle objections, which as we all know are just requests for information, right? Yep. Every objection yep. is just a request for information. Yep. 
um, then we know how to handle it instead of like, oh, I'm freaking out. Like, what am I saying? And then you, you often, like you said before, you often end yourself, you end up talking yourself out of yep. a potential deal because you yep. just keep talking and they're like, I don't know, I'm losing trust and all those yep. things. So, yeah. So good. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, then we got number five, which is uh, not closing five times. Um, you probably know the data on this, but I think what, what is it? Remind me. Well, most salespeople ask for it one time. So that's right. the, well, actually, no, Majority. no, no. That, the majority like, don't ask at all. Like, so they go off right. of like, oh, that's right. Like, yeah. Like they think that they, the client should be, be like, like, who are you to think that like you I shouldn't know. even ask for them to work with you? Like, it's like, wow, you must think really mighty of yourself. If you, if you think that like they should be telling you when they're ready to work with you versus yeah. you asking them, the clients yeah. want us to ask them like, can I work for you? Can I work yeah, with exactly. you? Like, <laughs> um, so the majority actually don't ask. They they go off their personality. They go off of like, mm. if they think that they like them and that they just sort of semi move it along. Um, but then um, I think that it's like 70% um, after that. So majority don't, right. don't ask at all. Then 70% only ask one time. Um, and then as you go down, it's actually da- the data goes all the way to 12 times for, for ca- calling people. Um, but it, you end up being the only one left that's actually asking for the business, asking for the business. There's this um, Zig Ziglar quote that I tell my team a lot, um, which is timid salespeople have skinny kids. <laughs> and that. it's sort of harsh because, <laughs> but the, but it's true. Like, yeah, it's true. You can't, no. you can't be timid. You've got to ask really true. for the business. Yeah. You've got to ask really for the true. business. Yeah. It's so true. And, and, and at the end of the day, people want to want to know that you want the, want the business. You know, sometimes yes. they might be, they might be interviewing a friend or even a coworker or, you know, someone who they think quote unquote needs the business. Yeah. And if you're a top salesperson, they might just think, oh, well, she's got so many deals going. She doesn't even really need the business. Like she's not even asking for it. You know, they yeah. want you to go in and say, listen, I want to work hard for you. Like you're yes. important to me. I, yes. um, you know, I, I know how many people have had a bad experience in your situation and I want you to have a good experience. So I want yeah. that for you. And yep. people want to hear that. You know, who wouldn't want to yeah. hear that? I mean, imagine yeah. if you've got a plumber, you know, who's, you guys have all, you know, done bids around your home yeah. and you've got an HVAC guy who's like, yeah, well, whatever I can do to earn your business, please, please, please let me know. Yes. Please let me know. Yeah. I'll match any deal. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. And you're like, wow, the person really wants it. Yeah. Yeah. That's my last with that person. Yeah. The the last sort of close that I teach my team is exactly that is just, um, I want, I want to work with you. So what, what have I not shown you or answered your questions to work to show my desire for working with, for working, being, having the ability to work with you. And so what more can I do? Um, and just letting them know we want to work with them. We want to work with them. Um, and then th- another big mistake. So mistake number six is, goes sort of along with this, but I think uh, not closing is super important. So asking for the business, but then also not assumptive closing while you're talking with them. So like, yes. you know, you want to talk with them like they are your client. You want to talk with them like, um, you know, 
moving them along in the process. Like, so an example of that on our team is like, let's go ahead and get the, the staging consultation scheduled. And so like, that's an assumptive way. Like they're not going to schedule the stager if they're not planning on working with you, right? So you can assumptively close them to work with you. Assume they're your client from the very beginning, from the very yeah. beginning. So you're, yeah, you're saying things in the presentation like, um, well, when we close this deal together or not, yep. if we, if yes. we do this or yes. if like the yep. just assumption A lot is of when. I'm here, uh, we're going to work together and there's no doubt about it because what that does is it takes uh, the doubt out of people's minds because remember in sales, for the most part, when you're doing a sales presentation, they are, your job is to get them to trust you in a very short amount of time. And uh, if you're in real estate, you're 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 asking them to, to trust you with their largest financial asset. And sometimes you're a complete stranger to them. Yeah. Yep. Which is remarkable. That's why, yep. you know, if if you're in real estate, the the listing side of the business is very difficult because you yep. have to do something um in such a way uh where you very, very quickly uh show uh create yep. trust. You know, and that's yep. hard. That's yep. really hard. And, yeah. and these are the key things that, I, that I've seen with working with like what we call non-Mets. So people that don't know you, like, again, you can't make a lot of assumptions like you can with someone that already knows you. That's a referral that is a past client. Like that's, of course, is going to be a bit different. But past clients want us to earn their business too constantly. Absolutely. So yeah, it's no different, you except you do need to show yourself more to people that don't know you because they don't, they have no other than maybe one marketing piece or, um, hearing your name one time, like that's all they know. And so yeah. taking that time is important. Although sometimes I think the biggest mistakes, some of the biggest sales mistakes I've made is, is not going in. If it's somebody I know, especially at the beginning when I got into sales, um, I don't know if you made this mistake as well, but, um, just assuming that I would get the you know, yes. sale and, yes. um, and then not following the process, not doing all of these things. And then it turns out they're like, oh, well, you know, thank you so much, but I went with somebody else and you're just flabbergasted. You're like, what? <laughs> so it is actually almost more important sometimes if it's a close friend or someone, so you know, to, to, to do these things. So, yeah. Um, all right. So that was number six. And then number seven is you want to make sure that, Every meeting ends with either a closed sale, right? Or you're closing for the next meeting. Mm. So you're closing for the sale or you're closing for the next meeting. Um, and, you know, sometimes, as we all know, sales don't happen the first time around. That's just the nature of the business. Yep. And if you're not closing for the sale, you're actually setting up an appointment for them to uh, meet, you, meet with you again. Yeah. And, and the more you can do that face to face, the better. Right. So like I see a lot of people that would be like, well, I'll, we'll just call you. No. And, mm -hmm. and absolutely. If that's the only thing you can do, do that. Um, but sure. the more if that you're you can in get California and I'm in Texas. Them, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The more yeah. you can get yeah. face to face with them, the better, the more they know you, the more you know them. Um, I have found that a lot of times just doing that alone will, will get us um, the opportunity yeah. to work with the client because 
they will interview other agents and then they still have that second meeting with us and they're comparing mm-hmm. everything. And then we come in and they're ready to go because they've done yeah. their whole process and they already yeah. know that we're, that we're coming in. So such yeah, a good and one. And that's easy. That looks like, Hey, you know what? I appreciate that you want to call by phone, but I'm going to be in the area anyway. And so I'll just pop by at five o'clock after your last meeting. How does that sound? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an assumptive close right there. Yes. You know? So good. So, so good. Yep. Mistake yep. number eight, our, our last one of these, and these are, oh, every time I, I talk about this, I get so excited. I love this stuff. Um, but the big, honestly, this is, you can be the smartest person. You can be the best public speaker. You can um, close, um, do all of the things. But the biggest mistake is not following up not following up with them and giving them a reason through the follow-up to still move forward with you. And so follow-up is where it's at, you guys. Like, I mean, (laughs) you can close hard at the first appointment, but again, many of them, they're just meeting you. They're just meeting you. And so follow-up becomes king. I've seen people that come on, don't have a lot of natural sales ability, but have amazing relationship building skills. And they follow up, follow up, follow up. And then they're the ones that are at the top of the leaderboard, not the ones that are so naturally good at selling. Um, yes. And so follow well, up. Is- I would say my top salesperson is 100% that way. And yeah. we look for people like that. We look for yes. people like that because a lot of people love to close the deal like the first time around and then it gets boring to them. Yeah. Um, if they don't, if they don't strike while the, the iron is hot and, um, and the follow-up is everything. I mean, it's in, in any kind of sales business, if you can be good at follow-up, um, uh, you're going to be successful because the yeah. reality is, is, you know, I tell my people on my team, 10% of the business out there is that low hanging fruit. And 90% of the people in your industry are going after that low hanging fruit. Yep. So you've got 10% you got 90% of the people going after it and 90% is in the follow-up. I yeah. mean, like let's, let's take that plumber, for example. Like imagine if you had a plumbing situation in your office or, or your home and you had a plumber who met with you and then you said, listen, we just don't have the $35,000 or whatever we need to get our whatever fixed. Um, the chances of a plumber following up with you for a year or two years is almost none. I mean, I don't know a oh, single yeah. plumber. I don't think that would yeah. do that. And yet if one did, if a pl- if that plumber called you back, Sarah, and yes. said, hey, you told me that you didn't have the money. And so I have, you know, these options for you, uh, yes. which is kind of what you're talking about. Okay, well, I understand. So would you be offended if I called you back in a month? No, I wouldn't be offended. You know, they called in three months, four months, five months, six. So at the end of the two years, when you're ready to install your new plumbing, is there any chance that you're going to use another plumber? No. 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 There's literally no chance, right? There's literally no chance. So. Yeah. It's so important. Follow-up is obviously so important to get get the client, right, to close. And I know that that's what the topic of this is. Um, It's also just important even when they do sign. You know, I like no one wants to just get signed something and then never hear, never felt cared for after that, right? Like, so it's like follow-up is, it's, and it's really, you know, we all use the term follow-up. I do as well, but I've been with my team just saying relationship building. That's what it is. You're building the relationship with them. Like you're building the relationship with them. And so like they're a human being, they're important 
And they need to feel that way. They need to feel that yes. way. So. Yes. Well, and follow-up is so important that we actually de- uh, dedicated an entire episode yes. to that, episode 86. So if this is resonating with you, definitely go back and listen to episode 86. And I uh, loved that yeah. one. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. This well, is guys, so good. This such a good reminder. So- such a good reminder, um, but the big eight big mistakes that we see people make uh, when closing a deal or attempting to close the deal. So not asking the right questions in the beginning, um, not presenting to them the way that they want to be presented to, um, not matching and demonstrating your value and their motivation, um, not being prepared so you can speak confidently, not closing five times, not assumptive closing, um, and not two-stepping the process. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, um, not following up. So if you do your best to avoid these mistakes, you will have the opportunity to help um, a lot more people which that's what Empire Building is all about, is helping impact uh, more of people's lives. And we do that through influencing them and closing them for the deal to work with us. So thank you guys for joining us today and keep keep out there uh, building your empire, but don't forget to have a big life at the exact same time. Bye guys. Bye guys.